1: about
2: This is Michael Usland. You're listening to Batman on Film.
1: Welcome to episode number four of Batman 89, chapter by chapter a Batman on film podcast, breaking down live action Batman movies, chapter by chapter. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer, and with me are two fine gentlemen. Uh, We have the uh, senior BOF contributor, Heavenly Javi
2: Trujillo. Javi, welcome. Hey, happy to be here and talk this very, very important Batman. I'm so excited to talk about this and this chapter in particular.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, great chapter. We're going to dive in and have a lot of fun with that in a second. But also is uh the main man, the uh, gumbo guru of Texas, um Bill Jetramium himself, Bill. Welcome to um a podcast from your own site.
0: Hello. I will say <laughs> that furthermore, on that note, I am I am subbing for Justin Kowalski. So okay but i'm glad he's at home here.
2: washing his tights
0: exactly how did you remember <laughs> doesn't make it they're all yeah. they're always at home
1: washing their tights i think it's bill, appropriate... i have
2: a i have a question for bill before yeah. we get rolling because i've been seeing this rumor trending today about dc comics oh is it true that batman on film started on a web tv is there any oh. truth to that origin i don't think <sighs> you've Quick, ever baby, told I, this story i've never before. told
0: that story you know what who scooped you who scooped this you? Is, this is for a podcast, right, Lauer? It is. Shouldn't there be a podcast about the history of Batman on film? I think there should be. That's a good idea. I think we should. My do sources that tell point. me
2: there there's one out there.
0: There may They'd be the internet. Didn't, didn't we record that, Lauer? Didn't we? What's it called? Uh, we did, and we
2: had one more
1: one more part to do as well. Yeah. That we're just really taking our time with to give as much distance from the Batman as possible before we do that next chapter, because then we don't yeah. know we don't know the next. <laughs> the next the installment. bof
0: chronicles that's it the yeah. bof chronicles yeah check that I think out it won, i think it won awards but it i did. could be making the several <laughs> several it's, yes yeah i had to get a new place in the office for the all those uh statues we got um, yeah
1: statues in the shape of boudin sausage yeah we
0: had to make a you <laughs> know we had to make that that press tour for it and the whole nine yards it was it was hectic yeah. but it was well worth it right? worth it worth it
1: absolutely <laughs> lit the podcast world on fire so yeah. um yeah check yeah. that out on batman on film but listen to us first as we dive into this chapter of this um newly um it's still fresh spinoff series bill and i basically it was bill and i on every episode did uh, the batman chapter by chapter and uh that too set the podcast world on fire and bill said let's let's spin this off on BOF. And so here we are with the fourth chapter of Batman eighty-nine. Uh we left off on episode three, right? With the oh Michael Keaton had to leave the um the fundraiser, the casino night fundraiser at Wayne Manor to go down in the cave because uh Eckhart's in charge of Oh my god um Jack Napier cleaning out Axis Chemicals. Cleaning so out Axis
0: s- Chemicals. Make it look like we, industrial espionage. espionage.
1: Espionage, yes. And so we open up here with a nice um a nice exterior shot of this Axis Chemicals. And uh then we got the really just gross Eckhart, uh, as he's just, you know, passing out pictures of Jack Napier in case people don't know what he looks like um to everybody. And i I always, even now, uh, Bill, I think I've told you before that I think Batman 89 is the movie I've seen the most in my mm-hmm. in my life. Um, every single viewing still now, um, when Eckhart says this, there's something about like, God, what a scuzzy character as he's saying to the officer, he's like, shoot the girl. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I need a a screenshot that and use it for a teaser (laughs) for this show.
1: Oh, please don't use the image. I'm not, I am not uh camera ready today, but. That gets me every Either time. It got me this yeah. time too. And then we we get set on the inside of uh, of Axis. And I mean all well, this real is quick, just... doesn't it? You bring yeah, that up
0: about um he, yeah, looks, like, he looks like he looks like he's he's he looks like he smells bad to where you, if you're when you're watching the movie, you almost can smell him and his bo, right? And his breath. His breath like he's just he's sweating yeah. uh
1: yeah. cheeseburger grease.
0: <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's just how he looks and
1: and i mean i've never seen this character this actor and anything else um what? i never really looked him up so Dude, I mean,
2: n- no offense bro, you got a timeout right there ryan because this is the guy this is porkins from star wars The I first know what star I said, wars huh? movie.
1: oh i know what i said
2: raiders of the lost ark
1: uh come on man not too familiar oh um so I, I don't know what the guy looked like in real life. I really hope he didn't look like uh sweaty cheeseburger grease, <laughs> but they do a good job of, of not trusting him here. William Hootkins. Oh, his picture on IMDb. looks great. He looks like a very classy gentleman. So that's a relief. Um, in, but in I, this movie though, he's like the definition of unmade bed. Yeah, exactly. Let's just spend the rest of the time. What? how can we describe <laughs> unmade bed? <laughs> So we we get it going inside of Axis and um, it's all of this is shot. I think what we're going to talk about is shot really, really well. I do mm-hmm. love is like coming in on this room inside there and we just, you know, see the silhouettes of, um, you know, of the criminals as they're doing some safe cracking, which I also an element of this that I really love is how dressed up the criminals got. You know, it's, it's definitely a nod to, you know, old time comics and Warren and yeah. stuff of. The villains, they they don't necessarily they look like businessmen, yeah. and I yeah. I really appreciate that.
2: Um, they're but double-breasted cr- suits and pinstripe and very nice. yeah, they're the very thirties gangster. Yeah. Exactly, 30s, 40s, and, yeah. The and doors. I think that place
1: that plays to a strength of this movie because it does help it be very somewhat like timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, for I mean, here we are, thirty three years later, watching it, and I wouldn't say like I don't think you can totally pinpoint. Uh, a time in this where it is like, oh, this is definitely 1989. You know, there's just so many great elements, like, blended together, and I think this is, this is one too, and I've always wondered, I don't know what you guys would think too, I know industrial espionage, but, like, they open up a safe inside of a chemical plant. Yeah. Uh, What could possibly be in there that that is, like, the ultimate score? Test tubes. Okay. (laughs) Test tubes full of chemicals. Okay, that may, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, maybe venom. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, Javi, you have any guesses at all? Not, I mean, it could be the you know secret ingredient for new Coke. Maybe <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's the eighties.
1: Mean, Diet Coke. You know that yeah. was a sponsor, a sponsor of this movie. That's right. Campaign, That's right. That's so. yeah. right. Maybe. I mean, I just the purpose is chapter by chapter. Right? We're we're looking at it a little bit more, and it's like I wonder what they would have. Um, what they would have expected to find. So I guess would they would. Really they were laundering know? money through Axis Chemicals, yeah. basically. I mean, sure. Yeah. Make, I mean, that adds up. That seems like a very criminal, gotham mob thing to do. Yeah. Right.
2: So there you yeah, go. Yeah, because they were laundering there for so, their own records that were being held. Yeah, that's like, about to what say what they were looking the, for the records.
0: Yeah.
2: How would you make it look like, like what, like you're saying, what industrial espionage would you be conducting at Axis Chemicals to that you would try and make it look like? Yeah, because it doesn't seem like. Very like it's. It, I mean, it's in use, but it doesn't seem like the type of place that. Like, it's really vague what they make. Like, are a they rival, a rival manufacturer? Are they making a rival plastic? company?
0: A rival company coming to steal from Axis Chemicals? Something, I guess, is what they're going for. But they're actually there to to uh, get the records and then just make it look like it was someone else, not the mobs. But whatever, yeah.
1: But they open the safe and there's nothing inside. Yeah, and that's nothing. where we get. We've been,
0: we've been ratted out here, boys. boys. Yeah. Watch, Watch it. it.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I think that was that was a uh good title for this chapter because that does set everything in motion mm-hmm. of, of what's to come next. In which the score kicks in really great. Police officer comes up, breeze, you know, and shoots and yeah. the shootouts and the gun. The gunshots sound very old school you know matching like the the old you know suits of the criminals and stuff and i mean i like that this whole vibe uh and it, i mean it's just this is a great action scene after we've gotten some good stories set up you know the previous two mm-hmm. chapters uh and it's and it only ramps up even more because as it hits the fan you know we start to see a door rise and there's gordon with his men and yeah. which then we're like uh oh there's some more trouble. Um, grabs the megaphone from Eckhart right away, and you know announces this. commission. Commissioner garden. I want him taken alive. What are you um, trying to
0: do? Blow the collar? Yeah. I'm in charge here, <laughs> not Carl Grissom.
1: Yes. Uh, and I mean, then it, then it's just like you know taking us around. Um, Jack's just going and pulling rods, pushing buttons. <laughs> yes. I used to always think as, as a as a kid. I mean, he's just creating chaos, which like I like it. Um, I always thought as a kid, something starts to get printed out, you know, but then it's just yeah. like this big waffling paper. And always as a kid, for some reason, I always thought it was toilet paper for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, why is toilet paper just flying around in this in this area? It doesn't make any sense to me. But it's not. It's paper and it's just it's chaos. And then we get uh guys shooting at police officers and then Batman Batman swoops in. Amazing shot. Yes. Uh, gliding in of the yellow oval, the music. Oh, my gosh. All of that. Fantastic.
2: I'm, I don't know Discuss. if this is a hot take or not, um, but in the, what, 33 years for me, like this is still my all time favorite shot of Batman on film. Like, I, I love think that's a hot take. I love how Pattinson comes out of the darkness in the Batman, like the way Reeves builds that up. But there, it it may just be how I first saw the movie and and the age I was when I saw it. But it was so impressionistic. Um, It left such an imprint on me. Like that's in like all of like the gifts that I use, that one gets used like constantly. And it's just there's something about that cowl and the way it's constructed, the way shadows hit it and fall across it. Like that's that's right at my era of when I became like a constant. Reader of Batman with Jim Aparo mm-hmm. always doing black shadows on the face. And and this is like the perfect encapsulation
0: of that. Like the it's, positioning. Uh, he's a mystery
2: yeah. man. The positioning well though, Yeah,
0: the way they framed that shot mm-hmm. and lit it does a lot of favors for Keaton and the suit as well. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it just, yeah. it's just, I agree. A great, it's, a, I would put it, it's a top five Batman entering scene shot right in any of the, all the batman films there's an idea for a, a podcast the, <laughs> I mean, a social so hour now, or uh, or just you know the original podcast you know top five top 10 batman entrance scenes in a live yeah. action film but yeah it's great it's great it's, i mean it I mean, set
2: it, the precedent for everything coming later because we never seen yeah. anything like adam west never had an entrance like no. that Like, this was our first time seeing, like, the Dark Knight on screen. Like, in this way.
1: The whole night is capes out and the positioning of, like, legs extended. It's like, how many times do we see that in comics of Batman as he's coming down? He's going to crash into something, whatever. So, just in seeing that with the music hit and stuff, too, is all, I mean, still now, it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I don't know what Mm -hmm. that would have been like and i'm not gonna ask you either of you of like the first time you saw that in a theater what were your feelings because
0: oh I, I can tell age Look, anybody i saw I, it was, in... I was too young to see it in a theater <laughs> i was that i don't you can age me i was there i was 23 right. years old and uh there you go and it, it was uh the i still remember the audience went oh and there was just just just, <laughs> just all because mm-hmm. we'd already seen batman once we've yeah. seen him drop you know the drop, slow drop down behind the two goons, the two thugs on the rooftop, but this one was just, I mean, he's, you know, it's, it, this looks, it's a better looking shot. And the other one is a great looking shot, but I'm just saying this one was awesome. So yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, for my Batman 89 origins story, like the movie opened on my 12th birthday. So I, and my Batman fandom comes from my dad because he was a fan of the 60s show, but we mm-hmm. couldn't see it on my birthday because he was working So I had a big party and I had a whole bunch of friends spend the night. And then the next day on Saturday, we were going to go see Batman. And only one of my friends was able to stick around and do that. And we went to the mall movie theater, the Elkon mall, and literally had to wait outside in line around the theater. Like I'd never waited in line really for a movie before. So like the, the anticipation of getting in there to see it Mm -hmm. was, was something else. And it was a, it's 1989, so there weren't stadium seatings, there wasn't THX, it was just this big room with, like, the slope seats and everyone was just packed in and and that, and like Bill said, like, this isn't the first time we've seen Batman, but there was something about that moment in that entrance that you could just, it's seared in my 12-year-old memory of just electricity and people cheering and and that's why it's, you know, one of my favorites, like, I can't, been chasing that feeling ever since
0: almost when it well, comes he, to seeing. About yeah. It. Then he whips out the, you know, he whips out the grappling gun and, mm-hmm. you know, strings up. Yeah. That. It's our
2: first time scene.
0: Yeah. I that way, pulling it and all that. It's so, all, it's just a great scene.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he, I mean, he, he shoots his grapple gun and pulls mm-hmm. the guy and in which in the guy hangs over the ledge and just yeah. swing him back and forth. And I mean, I love all of that and his yell is perfect. Uh, and then, as you know, as he's yelling, oh, no! and then yeah. it's like Gordon. Gordon's seeing now, he's seeing this thing that up to this point they've de- basically denied yeah. or tried to keep under wraps. Yeah. And you see, and I think, ah, oh, Pat Hingle he delivers it so well. Just you know,
0: oh, oh my, my god. god!
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. his first time seeing you know seeing Batman uh, build something. You just kind of said of like, yes, we have seen Batman already in this movie, but this is something too. This is great because we're seeing more batman doing something different you know mm-hmm. so it's like it's not tired of like oh he's just he's just down kicks someone and then is like oh, and then he's gone yeah. you know he's like no this is him in action great like yeah. using other things and elevating more of like impactful batman sighting it's I very stealth this.
0: it's stealth action right yeah because he's yeah. not just coming in and just you know doing a a scene out of you know, the Arkham games or anything on, on the all the gangsters. It's very stealth. uh You know, like when he's standing there and you see Keaton as Batman from the front and they're coming behind him and he just, you know, uh, pulls a punch behind him and hits the guy in the face, Amazing. things like that. Yeah. Oh, all of it's awesome. It's one of like Hingle's, I think, probably his one
2: of his best moments as Gordon, if not the best, because as the series goes on for him, he just becomes more of a caricature and more like the 60s version. Yeah. But, but Uh. here like he seems very serious and down to earth and like you totally buy like his disbelief at what he's seen, you know, the way he delivers that line, the close up that Burton uses and, and just the way that they play up the whole mystery aspect of Batman. You never know Mm -hmm. where he is. You don't know where he's coming from. And, uh, and just Keaton just sells it. I just his facial expressions like he looks like a crazy person. Like yeah. the, the whole intimidation and fear factor is, is really high.
1: It's all in the eyes. Yep. It's those eyes. Uh then Napier, he ends up grabbing an axe.
2: Um, and now he starts to
1: whack a highly toxic globe thing that leaks green stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you guys knew. I think everybody going to see that movie then. Well, I know where this is going to lead. Sure. You know, uh, I like that. We don't get any kind like that. We I mean, we also don't get much explanation of what any of this is, because who cares? Um, Always thought it was also cool. So then it jumps to like it's like a static shot looking kind of up, you know, the graded stairwell and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. it's almost I mean, it almost plays a little bit like you know classic like three stooges of people just going in every single direction and like looking down going this way while another one's about yeah. going the other way and it's it's cops it's goons it's napier all that stuff is just like
2: that. still like holds up and it's kind of fun to me there's that one shot i think we're talking about the same thing it's always confused me even now like even watching it in 4k this morning there's like napiers running up the stairs and you're you're looking up um through all the railways and then it looks like maybe batman's on a level above him but it, it's hard to see because he's kind of obstructed and and batman moves so weird it's kind of like he's like being pushed on a dolly and he's lumbering weird like i can't understand how he's moving that way or why he's moving that way or where he is in
0: relation it's, to that to suit to was nervous. like 80 pounds you know yeah it's like does he it, is he and you can see when he's at when he him? turns when he turns yeah i think that's what they were going for like he's he's getting to Napier at some point. Cause he knows Napier is there, you know, from overhearing yeah. commission Gordon at the, at the benefit. But, um, and just y'all notice, you know, I think Keaton talked about it at one time or Burton when he's walking those stairways and he makes that turn and he has to push the Cape back with his arms yes. because yeah. of the weight of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe says,
2: that's, that's part of it then. Cause it, it's, it's very odd the way that he moves in that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome on that part cuz you know, we just just mentioned about the stairwell and everybody. So then you're back to that and you see Jack and then like, you know, he's on like the regular walk and then mm-hmm. almost like the half walk, Batman's like right behind him and yeah, does the cape turn and everything, but but that's like, oh shit, Batman's yeah. coming. Batman's oh, going to yeah. get him. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh, let's see. But then he's up Batman. even higher
2: when he finally confronts Napier, because we see him drop down. Yes. Well, to to backtrack that just a second, though, yeah, you know, sorry. Gordon, you can
1: see that Gordon, he's instructing the men of, like, you go that side, and you go that side. And I, I don't know why. It's always very, like, fatherly, you know, elderly. Be careful. Be very careful, you know.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's
1: looking out for his men. Napier spots Gordon, and, he, and like then he stands up to shoot him, and that's where another great score hit his batman does like a swoop in uh a swoop in and kicks the kicks the weapon out yeah of napier's hand picks him up awesome shot on napier and i think i might have gotten the gotten this shot and then the last one we talked about of a great batman entrance mixed up but um because this is he's like angled in the capes open yeah. right yeah this is yeah, like yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah. down yeah. you can
0: see the boots you know
1: you can see the
0: yeah Take away my fan card. I don't know this movie. There we go again. Yeah. Turn it into Peter. Gotta earn my
1: stripes back. But I love, you know, Jack.
2: Jesus.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like like he just, he just shit himself basically as we all would have. But Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Cut to, old Bob the goon. Clicks a gun right next to Gordon and yelling, let him go. Or I'll do Gordon.
0: Gordon, yeah. Which sets him down really yeah. slow and keaton has that very keaton face facial expression going he on does and it's time. almost like that a smirk a weird little yeah. smirk yeah a, a nice outfit, outfit. It's unique
1: yeah nice outfit you know um that's as good of a nicholson i can get i guess um, this was
2: this was also one of those parts too that was really weird to me at 12 like i get it now as an adult but like batman all of a sudden is just gone and like nicholson's moving around and my first impression uh when I saw it was not that he was confused where the Batman went, where Batman went, but that Nicholson was just feeling like this like fate of destiny thing as he like looked around and then sees Eckhart. Um and like I get it now that he's looking for Batman, but before like just the way he played it, I I didn't quite understand what was going on. And it was also really weird too, just the way that whole thing staged, like it looks cool. But like Eckhart's walking up and then he kind of stops behind Bob and the commissioner. And then he starts like slowly walking away um, before getting, you know, turning around when, when um, Jack is like, think about the future and just thinking about it today, like the balls that he has to do this because he's literally killing another cop in front of the police commissioner himself. Like, is he that crazy or that full of rage of being betrayed or does he think like i can kill another cop in front of the top cop and get away with it because i'm jack napier or is he going to turn the gun on gordon next and batman
0: intervenes i clearly thinks he can get away with it in my opinion yeah um they seem to be you know already set up that jack napier runs you know out not outside the law but he's kind of above the law no matter what he does same with grissom so yeah i don't think he thought twice about shooting shooting Eckhart right whether in front of uh, gordon or not you know
1: yeah i I don't think think so either at this point it's they'll do what he wants
2: i mean Um, it it seems pretty well established that gordon is not on the take so the fact that I think that he doesn't care that he's doing it in front of Gordon someone they they haven't corrupted
0: um says something about his state of mind of course you got then tur- yeah you got a new district attorney i mean you know harvey dent he's just go he's just on the job now so um i would assume that the previous district attorney was just as corrupt as The rest most of the police force so and and under the you know um paid off by gristle so yeah i just i never thought that much about it, other than yeah just now now just like yeah he doesn't he doesn't care because he thinks he's can get away with it and has no fear of that whatsoever
2: but it's such a it's such a batman moment of him just all of a sudden being there
0: well again after
2: being gone
1: as he backs up and that is cool of as like the camera goes with the gun and backing up and there's Batman just standing there and then you know like I think it's great editing to then cut to where we're on Jack's face as Jack you know he, he starts to see it in his peripheral and it feels like definitely he holds it just for like a second and then does like a quick turn and Batman raises up his gauntlet to deflect it now I've always thought that this it's very obvious in Batman Returns uh, at the end. You remember that movie, Bill. Um, yeah. <laughs> at the at the end when he goes to tear off, like right before he tears off the cow and you can see he doesn't have the makeup mm-hmm. or anything around his eyes. Yeah. Right. I always thought this one was just as noticeable. Um, but in watching it this morning, I paused it a lot. And he does have like some black makeup on his eyes. But I feel like there's something that stands out with this shot to where that looks a like. There's something around that
0: part of his face that does look different. Maybe it's he wasn't
1: as, lit as well, and like it, a it could be or the something. lighting.
0: It could be the lighting. Yeah. It could be the take they sh- they took. They used some of the dark mm-hmm. makeup had worn off a little bit from the sweat and whatnot. Like I just feel like it is. It's off a little bit. For something. I think he's
2: backlit a lot to give him that shadow. And for this, they had to front light him. So you could see the bullet ricocheting off the gauntlets. So therefore we're getting more light from a different angle on the cowl.
1: Not exactly. I mean, it's, a. don't even know if it's a full second. It's a fraction of a second. Yeah, it's really fast. Um, But I mean, it's a ricochet in which then it hits, it hits Jack. You know, the, you know, uh, and he, as he falls over, but it's an it's a good heroic moment too that we see with the Batman character. And we've already seen a like Batman, yeah, he's taking out the bad guys. But I mean, the one guy he he hung up flying back back and forth, he didn't kill him. Um, he, here he goes to and extends his hand to try and pull up Napier, you know, to not let him fall. So, I mean, he's not a mass murderer or anything. And then I think it's a great, like, great music going with this, too, of, like, the tension and stuff. Um, And then, yeah, then then he falls. What a great, great fall, too. Like, scream.
2: Yeah. (laughs) As a kid, I always took it because 12-year-old me is looking at it as Batman doesn't kill. I took it as he's trying to bring him up. And he's struggling with it but he's got one hand on him and they're both wearing gloves and that he basically slips and the shaking is batman um losing his grip and all we really see for the most part is like we see keaton's struggle with it with his face um and as an adult now i'm not quite sure if if he's dropping him by accident or if he's trying to save him and then decides you know what i'm not going to and he's like letting him go and then Nicholson's holding on, trying not to fall. I think
1: it's ambiguous a
0: little bit. I mean, I think you
1: bait that hobby. How dare you?
0: I know. I think it's a little ambiguous. I think if, I mean, my interpretation is that he lost his grip, but then I'll also say, okay, he can pick him up, you know, and hold him above his, you know, several feet off the ground just a moment ago. You can't, you know, pull him, pull him all the way up. I think maybe, and this is, so much hindsight i mean 30 plus years of hindsight but if if he slipped and he he still had napier's glove in his hand it would have been more clear cut maybe Mm -hmm. they wanted it to be ambiguous you know because i know know. i've seen debates on this for 30 years you know it's always
1: been clear cut to me that um couldn't hold on longer
0: yeah his whole
1: like as like the strain a little bit in his face very subtle i think and as he's trying and then you see there's like a shake like it's about to give out and then gives out i just thought thought completely of like lost grip couldn't hold on any longer so but after, that's how i'll take it myself and you know what i'll ask after him, napier I lunch fall- them next week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after Always. napier
2: falls and you know like keaton kind of leans back like it's Like, I still can't get a read on, is he shocked because it it happened by accident, or is he shocked that he let it happen? Whatever Um, you want it to be. Exactly, yeah. It does have that ambiguity. Or in Mm -hmm. Hobby's case, he's like, yeah,
1: I murdered Jack Napier.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, that would be consistent with, you know, 1939 Batman. Hmm. Yes, uh, uh, I, a, a, fitting, fitting a fitting in, in for his, for, <laughs> yeah, for his lot. Um,
0: yeah, that's something else to think about. I always what here's more hindsight. Uh, uh, you know, I'm with you, Brian. I've seen this movie more than any other Batman film, and it always used to. I, I always was curious about. You know, you see he, when he's holding Jack Napier. You know, he's got him by one hand over the the pit of acid, bat of acid, whatever. You know, his cheeks are been, you know, it, mm-hmm. you see the, the ricocheted bullet hit him in the face. And it looks like it went through both sides of his cheek. Yeah. Right. It's messed up. And I'm like, okay, didn't that blow his teeth out? You know, because we see next time we see the Joker, he's got a full set of choppers in there. Well, that's that's Am I really actually paying this right here. No, so. that's that's paying attention to they did their
1: homework with the Joker in the comics, because how many times has Joker lost teeth in comics? And the next thing you know, next time he pops up, he's got great, straight, big, white teeth every time. So it's just I think he has self-regenerating
0: teeth, right? Yeah, that's that's incredible. Well, he's, he's like the lizard and Spider-Man that, you know, can grow. Yeah. Limbs. <laughs> he just, grows, he teeth. grows teeth. <laughs> He's yeah. got a
2: false set of teeth for any occasion. You know, some chatter, <clears throat> some explode, some just look really clean and perfect. And yeah. then they would get Good when they him. get as
0: big as yeah. the Tim Cell version of Joker's teeth, they they fall out on their own and they were replaced by the new set. Yeah. Just a cycle. And sometimes he has a gold grill. <laughs> okay. Oh, <God. I>, yeah. <laughs> Stop
1: uh gordon i like it right there you know he sees that god damn it we had on. him that's, that's, that's
0: son that son of a bitch
1: son of a bitch um the mayor comes walking out what's going on here uh <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he you know he yells up at batman i'm like hold it right there and then batman you can see as he stepped back and he looks at each you know each side and you see there's you know, through the windows, like silhouette of a police officer coming in this side. He looks the other way, police officer coming in that side. And so then he just looks down and, you know, he throws a smoke capsule and he grapples up. And I always, and then we hear the, an officer that comes up to Gordon. And we hear them as we're witnessing this, he says, you know, who is this guy? And Gordon, I don't know, but until we find out to keep a lid on it. But hmm. as he goes up, there's something cool with, it almost seems like there's something on, um, Batman's boots as he's gliding up in the smoke to disappear, but Burton definitely adds like a '50s sci-fi sound effect with him as yeah. he's going up of like a soaring kind of like you know sort of deal, which I was I find a little bit charming.
0: <laughs> I like it. And it, it. I like him. He spreads the cape again as he grows up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think great. The, I think the the thing on his boot is you know the the bat sonar. There you go, makes sense. <laughs> well, he, he, he he might have needed to call bats in at some point. Mm-hmm.
1: There you go. They're on standby. He's like, no, I don't yeah. need guys. That's why he ends up on the on the roof because he's just he's sending them away. But I think it cuts from there after the keep a lid on it to another. You know, I think an even further shot of Axis. But I haven't read the novelization, but it's in the the comic adaptation here of after with these events there isn't like in the movie you go from the setup shot of access then the close-up of the access sign that batman's in front of then does you know like a a dramatic turn to walk away which is awesome but in the comic it has the the shot of the exterior but you see the batmobile off to the right of the panel like somewhere he had his batmobile parked and he's taken off and Mm -hmm. leaving so i don't know if that's something that was just added um by Denny O'Neill and Jim Ordway um, for the adaptation or if that was actually in the script and they just didn't do it, I don't know. But um happy with the shot that we got. And then, of course, um, and we end it here with Back Inside. We see the green gook tub and then, you know, the, the hand coming out. Music hits and it's white skin and the green nails. And I think that's such an awesome, like,
0: the uh, playing cards coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, all all of that is just like really, really awesome.
0: It's the whole thing's really
2: operatic with him gliding up, and then like you mentioned, the cape turn in front of action I said Jim Ordway, like, Jerry Ordway, duh. Yeah, it it feels <laughs> very much like like a play that you would go see. Just it, it's very gothic and and it plays up uh, Burton's sensibilities. Like even the hand, like mm-hmm. if you were in something. Like no one ever reaches their hand up in real life, really. But it's just one of those perfect comic book style images that you know we just go with because it so looks that, so cool.
1: That used to be thing of like as a kid of like taking a bath and there's soap around, and I would recreate that by myself all the time. <laughs> I'm
0: just like
1: the hand out, and it's like yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> He's almost in rigor mortis at that time too. It's so yeah. stiff. You know, that's gotta yeah. be some mannequin hand they they prop that they used it to do it's that awesome. shot but i think it's yeah, an it, awesome shot it, it is i i would and i also would mention you got right you know right before that uh before batman leaves axis you got those two classic keaton the keaton turn shots. Mm-hmm. you know uh you know not yep. moving his head moving the whole body look the cops and even when he turns and when he's in on the roof of axis chemicals it's just a whole body turn and, and walk yeah. off. So, and I never you thought, think, you know, at the time I didn't think that it looked odd. I just, I remember, no. you know, the first time I just thought oh, that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's I still like think it he looks it's like, you know, he's like using, he said, I just used the suit. So it's kind of like using the suit, you know? And, and I, I know, I think it's,
1: it's almost low hanging fruit now just because it's different now than it it used to be that it can be like, oh, yeah, he's stiff and he's got to move. But it it's never never bothered me.
2: It's yeah. I'm with you. It's all right. And that yellow oval, too. It just the way that they created the costume, like in that scene where he's twisting around, like the light hits it. It really shines and stands out because everything else is either black or like a grungy gray. Um, so shout out to Boudin Pockets and Team Yellow Oval, because that's mm-hmm. that's a great moment for that costume.
1: So I think Keaton, I mean, Keaton's the star of this, I mean, this chapter, this scene, right? He's mm-hmm. the star and not a word of dialogue. Not word of dialogue. Love it. That's the way that Batman would have it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know Javi's thinking he's
1: trying to yeah, relive the like, scene to see if he says
0: anything. Right? But I'm like, I'm like playing it through. I'm like. It... Yeah. He says nothing. The entire scene. Yeah. He doesn't. Holy. Shit. Wow. Yeah. There you go.
2: Kind of like you Batman, heard it. So... You heard it
1: here. You heard it here first, and so. But I mean, you if go. you
2: if you watch like the commentary um, on this and returns Burton, there's like two things Burton talks about a lot. One being that you know they're always taking away moments from Batman or dialogue from Batman, figuring that he would want to stick to the shadows. Because the other thing he talks about a lot, his psychological profile doesn't fit that he wants to stay hidden. And if you haven't listened to those commentaries. If you took a shot for every time Burton mentions like psychological profile, you would already be drunk by this scene. <laughs> like he says it a lot.
1: It's funny cuz I don't I don't actually ever watch this movie and think like oh this is a deep psychological analyzation movie. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see that mm-hmm. at all with this. So it's interesting that that's what he um that what he was trying to accomplish. But that's uh, we've been ratted out here, boys. Uh, yeah. Final final thoughts on it. Uh, have at it, Bill. Why don't you go ahead start? Um.
0: I think uh, it's it's one of my and and I say this as someone who would rather not know the origin of the Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like when he's it's in we don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but I think it's. A one of the great overall Batman scenes from the history of Batman on film and it it's it's without other than the Red Hood not being in it it's very um it's very uh, spot on to you know the mythos of when they finally gave the Joker a origin story back in the mm-hmm. 1940s when he was you know Red Hood Batman chasing the Red Hood and fell into a bat of bad of chemicals so you have that but some just some great cinematic shots of batman yeah in it and just the whole the whole 30s 40s timeless look um it looks you know it looks like it's a a set of some film you would see back in that era as well you know the axis chemicals excel itself so um good stuff one of my favorite films uh, uh my favorite my favorite scene in the film itself, as well,
1: yeah. Javi,
2: um, yeah, I mean, kind of to echo what, what Bill was saying, I, this as a Joker origin, like, I don't really mind not having, uh, you know, succeeding Jokers not show their origin because this one's done so well. Um, so I can see how it would be hard to try and e- either go more comic accurate or um just try and redo it because this one is just done so masterfully and as as far as like batman scenes go as much as i love the intro and it's it's iconic like this one to me is on that same same level uh it it's definitely one of the my favorite chapters of the movie that i go back to a lot and and like you guys i mean this movie's you know one of the oldest batman movies too so that's one reason why i've seen it a lot but Just in general, like this, it just holds up remarkably well even today because of the choices that they made to not date it and to kind of make it nebulous because you have for then, you know, modern tech and cars mixed with older fashions. And I, it's harder to get, it's harder to get much better than this. I mean, we do have a couple more action sequences that are equally good. But this one has always stood out to me as a key component that not only influenced movies that came out later, but uh, I think we see a lot of influence from this and like Jim Aparo's work going forward in the next year mm. or two. And then certainly Batman, the animated series, takes a lot of cues design wise from from this movie and and how they handle things.
1: Interesting. And uh, because nobody can see it, Javi dressed for the part today. Wearing a team yellow yeah. oval shirt with the extra pegs.
2: Yeah. Batman's mm-hmm. logo in this movie. That was a uh, Black Friday sale. They had like free shipping and mm-hmm. whatever percentage off at the DC comic shop. And one of the new arrivals was the 89 Batman logo shirt. So I figured that'll be oh, a yeah. must have for my collection and, you know, maybe wear it when the flash comes out. There you go. Fabulous.
1: Uh, I can't add uh, add too much more than what you guys have both said. I think this is a standout scene for sure. Big action scene in context with the film. It's ramping up Batman's abilities. uh, It's great that he doesn't say a word in this scene, but he kicks so much ass. And he is, you can see he is a hero Uh, in this. He's trying to be heroic and saving, but also take down the bad guys. Awesome moments of like his entrance, um, his backhanded pop on the guy. Um, the. I mean the shoot it being being there disappearing then he's back again all that is is just great and then it you know it's moving importantly it's moving the story along you know too. so it's it's a fabulous scene
2: and just to kind of dovetail off that really quick like I don't think prior to this like the grap the grapple gun was a big of a, of a thing as it is from this scene going forward just in general because my my memory being. Like, comics-wise, he would just have, like, a battering, like we saw in the first scene, where he would throw it, and mm-hmm. that would have the line. I don't think the grapple gun became, like, a Batman tool until this movie, at least in my recollection of the comics that I read. Like, it starts here with this.
1: It'd be interesting to do some, some history and check that out and see. So, uh, that, I say that's it for episode four. Yeah. So, uh, Javi Bill... Thanks for, for popping in here to talk uh, this this section of the movie. Um, Javi, why don't you go ahead and plug away, uh, plug away before we we leave?
2: Uh, well, if you head over to the jamesbondossier.com, I've got uh, reviews for the current uh, James Bond comic series, 007, by action comics writer Philip Kennedy Johnson. So you can give those a read over there. Uh, I'm on Instagram at no instagram is the bond is not enough twitter is at javi true j-a-v-i-t-r-u and you can find me on batman on film where i am covering batman versus robin catwoman uh what else am i doing gotham city year year one which is an amazing book um and then you and i have an episode with Sean Gordon Murphy where we talk about
0: Damn right. Batman
2: Beyond the White Night. White Night. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. And then I've got various, you know, appearances on the podcast like Batman Animation and uh, the Chapter by Chapter. Excellent, Bill. Nobody knows
1: where to see what you're up to these days, so please plug away. Batman
0: Dash on filmcom dot all right there you go (laughs) they'll come to you with the pitchforks
1: (laughs) take him down (laughs) there you go uh bill has also been on many episodes like javi just said with batman animation um and then both of these gentlemen have been on my podcast the batman book club um bill is actually going to be on the very next episode so go to Batman Dash yes. on filmcom dot com where he generously posts all of those all of those episodes of the podcast, but also anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Um, also follow it on Twitter at the Batman BC. And then as far as Batman on film, uh, most recently just this week I had a review up for uh, Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez's Safe finale to armor. the failsafe arc in Batman number one thirty. So check that out, and then. Yeah, check out other work on there where I've gotten to interview Sean Murphy twice. He's awesome. I've gotten to meet in person and talk multiple times with the great Lieberman. Those are also on Batman on Film. I got to sit with Bill actually earlier this year and talk to the great Michael Uslan. That's on Batman on Film. So yeah, there's a lot of awesome stuff in the BLF archives. So go to Batman on Film. So I think uh, this is the part where we let
0: announcer Rachel... Take us out. You have been listening to Batman on Film, chapter by chapter, a Batmanonfilm.com podcast revisiting the cinematic adventures of the Dark Knight, scene by scene, chapter by chapter. Follow Jet on Twitter at Batman on Film for B O F news only. Follow at the Batman on Film on Twitter to become a BOF patron. Go to patreon.com/BatmanonFilm to advertise on B O F. Visit advertisecast.com/BatmanonFilm. For Jet and Team BOF, I'm announcer Rachel. Authoritative, definitive, the original. Batman on film. Established in 1998. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis, Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre Ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.